Welcome to Shades Midweek, where we have conversations about theology, culture, and all things Shades. I am Jonathan Haves, and I am joined today in studio by the lovely, the talented, multi-platinum selling artist, John Mark Duro. Yeah, it's good to be here. I can't wait to, uh, yeah, to get all those awards <laughs> from the, all the sales that I've had. We, we are also joined today, not in studio, but uh, via technology, due to his inability to be present with us at this exact moment, by the ever-talented and New York Times best-selling author, because he bought 20,000 copies of his own book, Brad Brown. Brad, are you there? Here I am. I, I'm here. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Fantastic. So excited to use this new technology and thought today that I would just practice safe social distancing. I think they recommend five miles. Is that correct? <laughs> uh, yeah, something like that. Something like that. So speaking of social distancing, um, so obviously... We uh, things have changed just a little bit since uh, last week's episode. Ever so slightly, things have changed. Um, so last week, yep. we uh, we all shared some marriage stories because we were anticipating last weekend doing our first marriage conference at Shades. What happened, John Mark? Uh, the conference went well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was amazing. Um. No, we uh we had to postpone because uh as everyone is well aware, we are in the midst of something that's not uh to be joked about at all, and that's the coronavirus pandemic, uh, also known as COVID nineteen. And so we had to postpone the marriage conference. We had to live stream our service on Sunday, something we'd never done. And uh That was a hard decision. It it really was. It really was a very difficult decision because at that time, I mean, it it looks easy now, um, right? Because everything is closed and everything is shut down. But at that time, nothing really was, um, and so yeah, it was it was a really difficult decision. But uh, we are hoping that everyone is staying as safe as possible and washing their hands and uh, practicing good social distancing and things of that nature. And the the future is a little. Uh, uncertain as far as uh you know how long this is going to last and what all we're going to have to do measures we're going to have to take but we're going to try and keep you posted as far as the the steps that we're taking here at shades but what we wanted to do today in, on the podcast is uh we do want to talk about what's happening uh with the pandemic however we we do know that everyone is being just inundated with information uh, about the coronavirus right now. I mean, it's it's coming through social media, through the news outlets. You've probably read and heard way more than you want to hear. You probably just want to hear about something different. Um, I, I I knew that this was basically all I was hearing about when I began to get emails about the coronavirus from non-health professional companies. Like I don't, I'd be interested to hear who y'all have received emails from about the coronavirus crate and barrel <laughs> are you serious yeah not that i ever buy anything from them because it's way too expensive they just randomly have your your email address <laughs> they got it crate and barrel yep. i mean pretty uh, much every company that i've ever bought anything or signed up for has brad, emailed me about covid19 brad you you got anything interesting yeah. 
uh, Angry Birds. They're taking the appropriate measures during this time. Oh, that's that's a lie. I didn't get an email from Angry Birds. <laughs> um, top but I golf. Top golf. Top golf. Yeah, yeah. Nice I got that. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I seriously, I, I got one from uh, Petco the other day. <laughs> And I was, I was like, thanks, thanks, guys. Now I, I know what to do when shopping at, at Petco. But I know that we're gonna. Have you taken, have you taken Calvin your pup, out yet? Well, you know, dogs uh, are are immune. Apparently, they can't get the coronavirus. Is is what I've been told. So, you know. Oh, but Petco is still on top of it. Uh, somebody, <laughs> somebody dropped a joke. Uh, the other day on Twitter, I don't even remember who it was. They were saying that that uh, the World Health Organization wanted everyone to know that dogs could not get the coronavirus, so it was safe to take them out. And and the tweet ended with saying, uh, instead of you know WHO for for the World Health Organization, it said, "So just to be clear, who let the dogs out?" <laughs> so. Baja men, <laughs> ba- Baja men reference there. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, we uh. We uh we do want to talk about uh, what's going on, but we want to take it from a little bit of a different angle. And then we also we do want to do some things today, maybe they're a little bit different, a little bit fun, uh, just to try and bring a little bit of levity into your week and into your life when things uh, everything just feels very very heavy. Uh, we are by no means professional entertainers um, as far as radio and podcasts go. But hey, you, you you can't watch sports right now, so uh, we're gonna do our yep. best to to help bring some laughter to you as well. So we've got something special. We're uh, replacing we're replacing March Madness. That's what you're saying, right? That's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> you know, it's just just as good, not at all. Um. Anyway, so let let's let's do the serious thing first, though. So. Uh, so we do want to talk about uh, the pandemic, uh, but the angle we want to take, rather than trying to, I mean, we're not health professionals. We, we don't look to us for that advice. Go to the CDC's website. Uh, check your local government sources, all of that. Do do what they're asking. Um, so instead of coming at it from that angle, we are ministers and pastors. And so we wanted to to come at it from an angle of talking about what what is the specific hope that we have as Christians? in times like this and what is the unique thing that we have to offer to the world what's the hope we have to offer to the world during a moment like this because everybody can talk about the the right procedures to take to try and slow down the progression of uh, the pandemic or to try and avoid getting sick at all but but we have something unique to offer we we have the gospel and you know people can sometimes say, how could you talk about religion or Jesus or whatever at a time like this? Doesn't that feel glib? Doesn't that feel trite? And and my response to that is actually, no, it's not glib and trite. It's, it's true and it's grounding that actually mm-hmm. a circumstance like this reveals the triteness of so many things in our lives that we normally take way too seriously. Um, but for our faith, it actually shows it to be what it truly is, which is solid ground, a firm foundation, that which we need the most. So that's 
That's, mm-hmm. what, that's what we want to talk about. And we're going to kind of come at it through two different lenses. And the first one, Brad, I actually wanted to ask you about. Um, and it come well, both of these come from our service on Sunday. Uh, Brad, you mm-hmm. uh, you put together the confession of sin and the pardon of assurance. And for the pardon of assurance, you had us hear the question and answer, the first question and answer from the Heidelberg Catechism. And uh, you might want to start just by summarizing what that question and answer is. But, but I wanted you to share a little bit of why you chose that, why you thought that was something we needed to hear as believers at this moment in time. Yeah. So uh, last week, I was really feeling the weight of everything that was happening. And in the midst of that, somebody posted uh, one of the questions from the Heidelberg Catechism. The Heidelberg Catechism was written in the 1500s. It's a Christian document that takes the form of a series of questions and answers to teach Christian belief and practice. And this specific question is, what is your only comfort in life and death? What is your only comfort in life and death? And I think, Jonathan, didn't you in a lit uh, devotional talk about uh, the reality that... um, Everyone in the world, in some sense, is participating in the season of Lent with us insofar as the coronavirus has caused us to all reflect on our mortality and to see the fragility of our life, that from dust we are and to dust we shall return. Was that you? Yeah. Yeah, I actually said it in the... um in the sermon on Sunday. Um, oh, okay. Sermon. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I just, yeah, it, so, it was something that I'd been reflecting on just kind of an interesting thing of it, at feeling kind of like the world at large is being forced to enter into what the season of Lent makes us reflect on, uh, every year yeah. as Christians, which is our own mortality. And, and that's something that people naturally try to avoid i mean surely just out of fear of death we try to avoid uh, Mm -hmm. the fact that we are mortal the fact that we're going to die and there are moments in time like this that just make you come face to face with that reality yeah Uh, i thought that was so good um but it made me think about this question too and how uh the world is kind of being forced to ask this question right now right? What is your only comfort in life and death when everything that gives you security and stability, comfort, control in this world is ripped away? Uh, Where do you find hope? Right. Um, And uh, the answer to this question that the Heidelberg Catechism gives has just been last week and on into this week has just been a warm blanket for me mm. as I've really felt the weight of everything. And so I thought it would be uh, just very appropriate to use it 
for our pardon of assurance on Sunday. Each Sunday, we confess our sins, we bring our failures before God, we bring our entire selves into worship, and then we hear the good news of the gospel. And this question and answer from the Heidelberg Catechism gives us the good news of the gospel in a very powerful way that speaks to our moment. And so the answer to the question, what is your only comfort in life and death, is starts by saying that I am not my own, but belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, this is 1 Corinthians 6.19. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. And this is Romans 14.7-9. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Uh, just that first line, uh, that I am not my own, has been gospel good news to me this, <laughs> this past week. Mm. Um, sometimes uh, in our flesh that doesn't sound like good news, uh, we want to be autonomous individuals. We want to have sovereignty over our lives. We want to be able to control our future. Um, but when something like the coronavirus happens, uh, hearing that I am not my own, that I am not sovereign over my life, and that I do not have to uh, find the resources or the means to secure my future, but rather that I belong to Christ, that I am his, and that my life is to be lived for him, that has been a, a good word. Um, so that word that we're not our own uh, is how it begins and is good news. And then it, it goes on to say, okay, since we're not our own, since we belong to Jesus, um, in belonging to Jesus, in receiving him, uh, what do we receive? And it goes on to say that he is fu fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood, and he has set me free from all the power of the devil. It's a beautiful statement and reminder that in Christ we are forgiven from sins past, present, and in the future that we will commit that our circumstances may change around us, but the reality that we are forgiven, justified, made right with God does not change because it's grounded in Jesus Christ and what he's done in giving and shedding his blood on the cross for us. And that, that rescues us from ourselves and from the dark spiritual powers in this world that seek to kill and destroy. Um, but then it goes on. It says, he also preserves me in such a way that without the will of my heavenly Father, not a hair can fall from my head. Indeed, all things must work together for my salvation. Uh, that brings to mind Matthew 10, 29 through 30. Uh, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your Father? But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value 
than many sparrows. So I think in moments this past week when I felt like God is distant or uninvolved, um, it has been gospel good news to hear that without the will of my Heavenly Father, not a hair can fall from my head. Mm -hmm. What a beautiful statement about um, God's uh, sovereignty, God's nearness, and um, God the care that God um, takes to the details of my life. And then ending, uh, therefore by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me heartily willing and ready from now on to live for him. So because of the reality of who Jesus is, because I've been indwelled with his spirit, because he has paid for my sins, because he preserves me, because no matter what happens to me must work for my salvation. This gives me assurance and empowers me to go out into the world and to live not in fear, but in faith um, for the good of my neighbor to love and to serve in the midst of a pandemic. Um, so maybe we can post this answer to social media, this question and answer to social media, but in times that I've been anxious, when times that I've felt overwhelmed, uh, going through and just reading this and reflecting on it, I mean, there's so much to reflect on, um, has really, like I said, been a warm blanket for my soul. Yeah, I mean, just even as I listen to you talk about it, it, it reminds me of what I do uh, in moments where my children are afraid. And what I do is I begin speaking truth to combat their fears. Mm. You know, and I begin to say yeah. things that are true to them over and over and over again to to comfort them. I mean, this is is what we do as parents, and, and I think that, you know, that's that's similar to what's going on in just that reading of that question and answer is just hearing the truth again and again, regardless of what the situation around you feels like, of, of what's true, that uh, of, of what's been accomplished in and through Christ, and so now what's true for you and in you. Yeah. Um, Jonathan, this Sunday you talked about the already not yet. I was hoping that maybe you could talk a little bit about how that gives us hope and how that can be a warm blanket for us uh, during this time. Yeah, for sure. I think this is the second lens we can kind of look at this through. The if, if, if you didn't hear the, the sermon, the already not yet is a theological framework. It's a, it's a way of talking about how the New Testament talks about the time in which we live, the time between Christ's first coming and his second coming. It's the time of the already not yet. And what is meant by that is that Christ came preaching the kingdom of God, that uh, there was going to be the arrival of this promised kingdom of which he is the king, in which there will be perfect peace and justice now and forever it's it's the rival of what we traditionally would call heaven you know the new heavens and the new earth obviously uh that is not the world in which we are living yet christ claims to have 
already accomplished something in his first coming, in his death and his resurrection. He has what we would call already inaugurated that kingdom. But it is not yet here in full. That that fullness lies in the future. But uh, mm-hmm. it's already breaking into the present through his resurrection. His resurrection is a inbreaking of the age to come. The age to come is is the age in which death is defeated, in which death is overturned in resurrection. And we've seen that in his resurrection. It's it's a it's a preview, it's an inbreaking. So it it's already here in some ways. And we experience that in our own lives. It's breaking into our lives. You know, we are a people who've experienced new life in Christ, the forgiveness of our sins. We're now empowered by the Holy Spirit. That those are all things from the age to come, breaking into the present already, but it is not yet here in full. The the, the biblical image yeah. uh, given to this is the image of the first fruits. There was a feast, uh, an Old Testament feast that was celebrated in the springtime. Uh, called the Feast of the First Fruits, and what that is basically is when the first of your harvest begins to ripen. So it's not all ripe, but you're beginning to see some of the first fruits. You would celebrate that, you'd bring an offering of it to the Lord, and the first fruits are like a promise. It's like a promise, it's like a sign that the rest of the harvest is on its way. It's coming. Well, interestingly, uh, Jesus' resurrection actually takes place on the day, the actual day It's of the Feast of the first fruits, And the New Testament authors pick up on this and actually refer to Christ's resurrection as the first fruits. In, in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 20, it says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, speaking of Adam, by a man has also come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. So just like you get the firstfruits in a field that say the rest of the harvest is on its way, Christ's resurrection is the firstfruits that says the rest of the resurrection of the dead is on its way. It's it's the already it's a, it's a it's a biblical picture, an image of what we mean by this language of already, not yet. And I think I think that framework is very helpful for us, not just in giving us hope that we look at the resurrection of Christ and we say that is our future, it's guaranteed by his resurrection. This fills us with hope. He's already secured it, even though it's not yet fully here, and we do face things like pandemics. It, it doesn't just give us hope, but it allows us to offer hope to the world. It gives us a way of talking to the world about what we're experiencing and the hope that we have. In, in, in other words, when people talk to you about this pandemic, they're going to talk about it in a way that says this shouldn't be happening. Things should not be this. They're going to mm-hmm. talk about this as broken as messed up as whatever and and you get to step in and affirm that and say yes things should not be this way that implies there is a way things should be and you can say Mm -hmm. yes there is a way things should be there is a way that things were created to be and it's not 
like this, a world covered in sickness and, and death. Uh, the world is not yet, you can, you can use that framework, it's not yet the way it should be. But that then mm-hmm. allows you to speak in a good word of hope with the gospel and a good word of redemption. You can, you can look someone in the face and you can say, but I believe that God has taken action and redemption is already underway. I believe that God is going to right all wrongs, that God is going to reverse all things that are evil and sinful and, uh, and death. He's going to reverse all of that. Uh, and that is already on its way. Let me tell you about Christ. Let me tell you about his death. Let me tell you about his resurrection and how that is the first fruits of what is to come. Like it just, I think it gives us a helpful framework for understanding why we experience the world the way we do. It gives us hope, but then it also helps us offer hope to the world. Yeah. Even as you were saying that, uh, it just made me think about how, that framework empowers us to step out into the world in a protest, if you will, not denying the ugliness of reality, but really having the power to stare into it, to walk into it, to uh, address it, um, but to address it with um, the reality of what Christ has done and where we're headed, bearing witness to him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. JM, kind of, kind of, kind of to wrap up this section, I wanted to ask you. You know, I, I know that uh, as you put together set lists and and songs for us to sing uh, each Sunday, that's not something you do flippantly. You spend time in prayer and and thinking through where we are in the Word and and what's going on in our world. And I, I imagine that that feels even weightier, you know, in a moment like this. And so I was just uh, I was just curious um, for the songs that we sung on Sunday. Was there one or two maybe that you'd want to mention? Um, kind of why you felt drawn to those, and maybe a, a way that you feel like those those lyrics do exactly what we're talking about with all of this, like offer us some hope. Yeah, <clears throat> for sure. Um, I would say every song on Sunday uh, carried an extra weight for me as I was planning and thinking through the service and how, well, number one, the service being so different and being, uh, online and sending the lyrics to, to all the members of the body so they can actually read in their homes. Um, so I felt like that had an extra weight to it as you're just sitting there reading and, uh, paying attention and really meditating and reflecting on the lyrics as you sing. Um, yeah, I mean, Sovereign Over Us was a big one that we talked about, uh, coming right out of the sermon and just being reminded of God's sovereignty as you as you spoke about that on Sunday um, and you really hit that home um, and just being reminded of uh, the faithfulness of God mm. you know the the bridge uh, that's such a great bridge to that song um, even what the enemy means for evil he he turns it for our, uh, he turns it for our good he turns it for our good and for your glory. Mm. Um, even in the valley, yeah. even in the valley, you are faithful. You're working for our good, um, and there's so many great songs like that. And so I think during this time, well, JM, yeah, not to, to interrupt. I was just gonna say it's so cool how that uh, echoes the Heidelberg Catechism, and not a hair can fall from my head. Indeed, 
all things must work together for my salvation. Yeah, for so sure. So having that echo in that and then Jonathan preaching on it and then being able to sing about it was very powerful for me. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it just, uh, worship for me was very powerful. I know it was an interesting situation without anyone actually being in the room <laughs> singing with you per se, but except for the couple of people that we had faithfully here to help us do the live stream. But, right. um, but uh, yeah, and I mean, I think, too, the other songs uh, on a more simplistic and straightforward level, just honestly just singing about the goodness of God, like mm-hmm. amidst a, amidst panic and chaos around the world, just singing about being reminded, God, you, you are good. You're so good. You're worthy of our praise. Um uh, during this time. And so I think, uh, and one other thing I was going to add too, just <clears throat> in light of everything, I think one thing as people are at, maybe at home more, I, you know, I know a lot of people have different situations. They're maybe not going into work or maybe their kids are home from school. So they're spending more time with their family. Um, I, I think listening to worship music together during this period of time that we maybe have more time with our families, I think that can be really helpful. I think it can be healthy, um, you know, listening to whether it's the Shades digital hymnal that we have um, on streaming services or whether you're just, you know, listening to your favorite worship albums. But I think that is really, really helpful uh, during this time. I know it has been for me and my family so far, and honestly just sitting around and playing guitar and singing songs together has been a really big deal. So I definitely, you know, as a side note, encourage people to to try to do that, try to make time for that. Yeah, I think, you know, music just in and of itself is such a powerful, um, a really bringer of, of peace and calm. Um, I I read a story the other day, I'm sure you guys saw it too, uh, where in Italy where people are on like lockdown in a lot of areas that, that some people have taken to open their windows and leaning out the windows and like singing together Yeah, and playing music together. And, and, you know, there's just, there's just this powerful way it connects us, uh, with one another and soothes our, our souls. And so you take that and, and then you combine it with the truths of scripture and and I just think that that's that's a really powerful um, way of hearing that truth uh, just spoken into our lives. Well, that kind of wraps up the the more serious portion, and we we promised you that we were going to uh, bring a, a a special surprise to try and. Uh, entertain you i guess um, and bring bring some some levity some bright spots into the into the midst of of the week so we uh want to do what we have creatively called uh speed round uh an original idea speed round. yeah an original idea that we totally stole from other podcasts um and what we're gonna do is uh i have 10 questions brad that i'm gonna ask you rapid fire Okay. And you just have Good. you just have to answer off the top of your head. Um and then awesome. and then ETL. Yeah. So, are you ready for this? Yeah. Okay, here we go. I was born ready. <laughs> Music or podcast? Music. Who's your first celebrity crush? 
Oh, man. Britney Spears? Uh, you're, you're, I don't think that's right, but that's just coming to mind. <laughs> that's just coming to mind. You're you're dating yourself now. Did you have her album? Did you did you have her oh, CD? Yeah. Did you have it on CD? Because that was back in the day. You actually had to yeah. buy their albums. I got this, I had the CD. Oh <laughs> my goodness! And I think I saw it on the Disney Channel. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you think of garden gnomes? Uh, indifferent. <laughs> Why are manholes round? <laughs> How much would you charge to wash every window in Birmingham? Oh, billion dollars. If you could have one of the two following superpowers, which would it be? Be invisible or able to fly? Able to fly. Most people have at least one dance they know. What is your signature well, dance? Well, hold on. Oh, Wait, I, can I go back? Sure. Think of, I started thinking about that, like being able to fly. I don't. I'm going to say invisibility. That's that's super creepy. No, that's, but... cre- that's <laughs> creepy. I'm going to say flying. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. What what's your signature dance move? What's a dance you know and you always do on the dance floor? Spin move. Name one rap song you know all the lyrics to. <laughs> uh. Uh, I know the first two verses to Ice Ice Baby. Oh, man. That's, I'm so disappointed I'm right now. Listen. I am so disappointed. <laughs> oh. I know. Here I am. What, there's my confession. What is one thing you refuse to share? A canned drink. Oh, oh, that's probably good right now. All right, last question. Or a bottle. If you could make one rule, if you could make one rule that everyone had to follow, what would it be? Oh man! Don't talk when I'm talking. <laughs> nice. Congratulations, Brad. You have successfully completed the speed round. All right. Now, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. I get now. I get to be the one to ask the questions. John Mark, are you ready for the speed round? Sure, let's do it. I'm very excited. All right, about let's this. do this. You ready? Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Question one: What's your favorite number? A seven. Classic pastor answer. <laughs> well, also, uh, if you score a touchdown and get an extra point. Okay, okay. <laughs> what? What's the best age? The, sorry, say that again? What's the best age? Ooh. <laughs> like for me personally? 27. That's pretty good. What's the fastest speed you've ever driven a car? Uh-oh. Uh, over 100, probably. In my Toyota you get Tacoma. Specific. In my Toyota <laughs> Tacoma. Because it wouldn't go much faster than that. When was that? 
Oh, I was, I probably wasn't even 20 yet. I was probably 18. 19. On the way to work this morning. <laughs> uh, what does the acronym SCUBA stand for? Oh, <laughs> SCUBA? Is that an acronym? It is. What? It is. I used to know this. I don't anymore. Uh, my brother like, like for took, scuba diving. Yeah, 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 yeah. My brother took yep. took scuba. What is this swimming <laughs> channels under big animals? All right, that was close. It is self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. I was in the ballpark. That was amazing. You, yeah, you were you were so close. That's my favorite. Okay, so far. have you ever have you ever slapped someone in the face? <laughs> oh, every other day. No, um, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Not punch, slap. Have you ever been slapped? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Not, not I'm even a, in a I'm game. A, I'm a. I'm a. Well, I don't know. I'm a pretty nonviolent person. Uh, see, when we were in high school, we had all sorts of ridiculous, I mean, violent games like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm sure me, yeah. We used to play a card game where you just mix all the cards up on the table. Yeah. And like, you'd have people sitting around, and everybody would draw a card. And on the count of three, you'd flip it. And whoever had the lowest number, everybody else at the table got to slap them. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of genius things we did when we were in high school. SVCC is an organization that does not condone the actions of Teenage Johnson. That's right. We do not at all. Okay, continuing on. Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. like the name Charlie for a girl? Uh, Yeah, it's fine. It has to be spelled with a Y. Describe, you said? Oh, wait. Probably not. I was just interjecting for no reason at all. All right, you ready? Yep. Next question. What sound does a seal make? <laughs> it's kind of like a dog Kind of like a dog I wish you could see that he wasn't just making a sound He was acting it out Yeah, I had, I had my hands going <laughs> It's kind of like a dog I appreciate I the commitment Okay, say something in Russian <laughs> Vodka <laughs> That was my first thought, too. Okay. <laughs> Most embarrassing store you might be seen shopping at? Crate and Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> Most embarrassing. I just paid $200 for a four. <laughs> anthropology? It's about on the same level. If you saw me in an anthropology, uh, you'd be like, what are you, what's going on? What are you doing in here? All right, John Mark. Well done. Yeah. John Mark, we're gonna need you to make a song. We're gonna need you to make a song. Yeah. An intro and an outro for for, speed for, for speed round. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, that was fun. I hope that everybody that enjoyed that. <laughs> um. So let's uh to to wrap things up, uh, let's just talk about a few ways that the uh, the body of shades can serve one another and stay connected during this uh, kind of these interesting days. Um, so 
Yeah. Brad, do you want to tell everybody about one of the ways that we're trying to set up for them to volunteer to serve one another? Uh, Jonathan, I thought you were going to talk about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I, I was talking about the, the runner volunteer uh, um, opportunity. I'd, I'll talk about it. <laughs> I uh, so basically, I, I, there are certain groups obviously that are more vulnerable to the more serious effects of the coronavirus, and it's a larger risk for them. Specifically, uh, the CDC has talked about populations over six years of age or those with pre-existing conditions. And so, for people in our body that fall into those more vulnerable categories, we want them to be able to to stay home. And so we've had people volunteer to serve as runners, to run errands for, for anything that these people might need, whether it be uh, groceries or prescription medications. If you would like to volunteer uh, as a runner, and this is why I was going to let Brad talk about it, you can email brad at shadesvalley.org. Okay. <laughs> um, to, Good. To be... I didn't know who we were emailing. Yes. That was my husband. <laughs> we're emailing you. If you find yourself Very in, good. if you find yourself in need of assistance, uh, you can also email Brad at shadesvalley dot uh, org. Um, but yeah, that's that's one of the ways that we can can serve one another. Um, another way uh, that I'll mention is, and this is just a way to serve generally within our city, uh, is through helping to provide food for those who are in need. So. Uh, two ways I've seen this happening is, one, there are a lot of children that come from impoverished situations in the Birmingham area that depend upon the school system for breakfast and lunch every day. And that that's obviously not happening because the schools are, are closed. But there are some schools in our area that are continuing to provide those meals and they're like basically doing kind of like a drive-through system where people can drive through and they'll hand them to them in their car windows. And I believe that they uh, have some volunteer positions available. So you might try reaching out to the local school system in your area and see if they need any help with those types of things. And then one other food um, assistance thing that I read about uh, just last night uh, is the Jimmy Hale mission. It's a nonprofit that helps uh, the homeless in our area, and they have 20 to 25 homeless women and children that are being sheltered at Jesse's place right now, and they need meals for them. And so what they're looking for is they're looking for people who will cook basically hot meals at home um, and then bring them and donate them to the staff at Jesse's place. Because of the social distancing uh, protocols that are in place, you can't actually serve the meals, but they're just looking for people to, to cook meals and, and to bring them. So that's another way that you can help serve in our area. And you can do that just by uh, calling Jesse's place. That phone number is 205-323-0170. Or I'm sure you can just Google Jesse's place and find more information. Uh, there as well. So those are some different ways that you can serve, uh, but we also want to encourage the body to remain connected during this time. Brad, can I ask you if you have any yeah. ways to suggest that the body stay connected? I am prepared to give an answer. So uh, one of the ways that we can stay connected during this time is through community groups. So uh, if you are not part of a community group, 
you can go to our website, you can look at all the groups that we have, and there you'll be able to email uh, the leader of the group and ask uh, if they're gathering during this time, uh, where they're gathering during this time. Uh, some groups that meet at the building uh, may not be physically gathering. Uh, some groups that gather at home for various reasons might not be physically gathering, but we're still encouraging our groups to gather, even if that means through an online hangout, through uh, Google Hangout or Zoom or uh, another way to do that. We're uh, encouraging groups still to connect, whether that be with the whole group, whether that means just hanging out with individual members. Jonathan or John Mark, you want to talk about the live stream? Yeah, I was just going to say that we've been putting together a team uh, to help with the live stream capabilities uh, that basically on Sunday mornings. Uh, this past Sunday was thrown together uh, pretty quickly, and we had tried to, what we were trying to do is get a live board mix to the YouTube stream. We weren't able to do that on Sunday. So that's why if you were watching, you were only getting, uh, kind of what was happening in the room. Uh, but hopefully by this Sunday, <clears throat> we'll have all that figured out. We'll make sure to post the YouTube stream link on all of our social media pages. Uh, we'll make sure to get some stuff on the website as well. But yeah, the, the goal is, uh, hopefully a, a better looking and sounding live stream um, since it looks like, you know, at least for the next couple of weeks, this is what we're going to be doing on Sunday mornings. Yeah, we know for certain that that's what will be taking place this Sunday again. Um, we're, we're thinking it's probably going to be, you know, several more weeks than that, but we're trying to kind of, uh, I mean, information's coming out so fast and there's yeah. always new developments. So we're trying to not like project too far into the future. But uh, but yeah, for this Sunday, for sure, we know we're going to be doing the live stream again. And uh, we'll keep you posted. I'm sure we'll send out some emails about that and everything later on this week. Uh, a couple of other ways that people can stay connected. One, I mean, just texting people. There are other apps you can communicate through, obviously through social media and different things like that. Just just be checking on one another would be would be fantastic. One of my favorite apps that I've started using over the last year is Marco Polo. I don't know if anyone um, has heard of that or used that, but it's a video messaging app that kind of is like basically texting with videos. And so, I mean, especially in this time when we're having to practice social distancing and aren't going to get to see a lot of people face to face it's a way to communicate and still get to see each other and talk with each other and so just looking into things like that i highly encourage people to formulate prayer lists um take in prayer requests from your community groups from people that you know and people that you love and spend time in prayer each day uh, a lot of us are about to have more time on our hands than we're used to um you know, whether that's time that would normally be spent out and about socially or time spent watching sports or, or whatever it is. And uh, uh, we can take advantage of that to do things like to pray for one another. And that's actually a way that we can be connected with one another is through praying for each other. And then, of course, there's always old school methods. Uh, you could write some letters <laughs> during this time. But, or John, what is this letter? What is this letter you speak of? Or crazy <laughs> upon craziness, you could actually do phone calls. Like you could call people. Um, 
I, I, I know we don't do that anymore. We just text. <laughs> I don't know about this Witchcraft. writing writing letters thing. What are you like learning how to write in cursive? And, oh my! And, I get made fun of for writing in cursive. I do. It's true. Do you write your letters in cursive? I do. You want to know a oh funny funny thing about that? I didn't know until high school that. So we learned to write in cursive in like what fourth grade, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And then you take something. a test, and you're yeah. you're not required to anymore. I didn't know until like middle yep. of high school that ninety percent of people after that last cursive test like totally quit writing in cursive, <laughs> went to print only. I had Man. no idea. My dad has classic, be- o- classic uh, overachiever. My dad has beautiful <laughs> handwriting, and I, I think that's why I kept doing it. I always wanted to. Uh, my my handwriting doesn't look a thing like his, but anyway, okay. Well, that's enough about that. But basically, we just want to encourage y'all to to remain connected and uh, yeah. Yes. Well. I think that wraps us up. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Shades Midweek. We hope that uh, everyone stays safe, and we love you all. We will.